3HL powered by the Tennessee Lottery, the longest-running guest on 3HL. In fact, he's uh, outlasted several hosts. Uh, Todd Furman, our guy in Vegas, uh, who is <laughs> celebrating this, uh, this nod. Uh, Bet the Board podcast, uh, certainly check that out. Rate, review, subscribe, all of those things. And and uh, Fox Bet Live, 3.30 weekdays on FS1. And, of course, his uh, weekly hit on 3HL, uh, which he gets paid gobs of money to do. Um, sponsored by your mom and them and, and whoever else. Uh, Todd, what's up? How are you? You know, gobs of money. I mean, we were doing this before sports betting was legalized in Nashville. I feel my rate should <laughs> increase right. exponentially here, given the time that I've put in, the tenure, the level of service, what have you. But I think after this point, Brent, knowing how many hosts I've been able to outlast in this particular segment, that I'm contractually obligated to go wherever you go. So if it becomes a podcast <laughs> in your basement, therefore I have to come on as a weekly guest. I mean, it kind of is. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's right hey, now. Todd, you'll be you'll be proud to know. Like my thing to you has been, I'm not betting unders because I don't want to watch a game and 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 hope that nobody scores. But I bet three unders over the weekend, and I went two and one. Three and zero oh would have been better, but two and one made me some money. Yeah, you take it where you can get it. If you win two out of every three bets you place from now in perpetuity, you're going to be on the plus side of the ledger and have a pretty <laughs> healthy discretionary income to try and work with on the side. I always joke with people when it comes to betting games under the total, it's excruciating in basketball. It's not much better in soccer when you go under two and you root for nothing to happen. The one sport, though, that's truly enjoyable to bet unders in is actually baseball because you just root for good pitching and the game to be played relatively quickly, and you're yeah. never really out of it. So uh, unders I love in baseball, all the other sports. I bet mainly unders, uh, but I don't enjoy watching those games. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even thought about basketball. But, yeah, I mean, you're like, yes, he missed another three, <laughs> you yeah, know? It, Exactly. You're talking about a college basketball total and you're just counting bricks, hoping that you go two minutes that are scoreless, that you go 90 seconds. And you're constantly doing the math in your head, uh, trying to figure out how many points per minute they need to score to actually beat. (laughs) I mean, that's how I used to get so good at division and multiplication. Uh, When I started gambling, I was like 12 or 13. I could do all the stuff in my head. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Todd's math grades are really good. What's going on there? Oh, it's gambling. (laughs) Hey, there's a lot to be said about that. The same way NASCAR engineers are great with physics and and everything else. Despite what people lead you to believe, there's a ton of math in and around sports. And if that's what teaches you to be able to think on your feet, then it's doing its job, even if it's in Degenerate Nation. I mean, everybody listening was really good at their uh, seven multiplication tables, right? Like everybody (laughs) listening uh, was really good. Like, why can't you do six? I don't know. <laughs> well, you have to do seven is 49. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to do a lot more sixes now, though, with all the extra points in the NFL. It's, it's, it's changed the game quite a bit, but uh, there's no doubt sevens definitely come in handy for the college and pro football fans. Well, as we continue to learn how to bet legally uh, on sports in Tennessee, um, I, I have to share a success story. So I bet the Titans, once the line went to minus four and a half, I bet the Titans. And I should have realized once it went to four and a half, they were looking for more Titans money and I should have gone the other way. I didn't. So at halftime, I was pretty pissed off, Todd. But you know what I did? In-game you bet the Titans betting. again, didn't you? In-game betting. Titans minus seven and a half. And, and Dawn said that was a that was a, a, a aggressive play. Yeah. But I thought Because right, I wouldn't have trusted them. I, I thought the one thing under Vrabel, these teams don't give up um, and they continue to fight. And and so I thought Ryan Tannehill would start throwing it all over the field. I thought Cleveland would sit back on defense. I thought they would run the ball. And I thought that was a pretty smart bet. Yeah, 28 to three in the second half definitely paid dividends after they spotted the Browns a 31 point lead at the break. Uh, it's interesting. When you look at that game, you're spot on. That professional money came in on Cleveland. Number got yeah. as high as six earlier in the week. Closed as low as three at some shops out here. 
and you did see over money come in. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a game where the clock kept moving and it was going to be run, run, run. But as we saw, the Cleveland Browns utilized a very similar game plan that the Minnesota Vikings did that was successful against the Titans. Uh, play action passing, get your receivers one-on-one -on -one in space. And we know the Titans are capable of scoring. It was just a little bit of a surprise. Uh, they weren't able to move the ball at all over the first 30 minutes. All right, let's, uh, let's hop into, I guess we'll start with the NFL since you brought it up. How's that, Brent? Um, sure. Let's talk Pittsburgh and Buffalo because this is the one that uh, I've got an eye on. Yeah, and this has had a major line moved on. Before last weekend's games, uh, we would have been looking at the Steelers, a short two, two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Buffalo. Uh, but over the last couple of weeks, you've seen a lot of professional money coming in against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so much of that reason is because this team is banged up. You look at their defense right now. Steven Nelson missed the game. No Bud Dupree. No Devin Bush. Uh, there's a chance that we're talking about Joe Hayden not clearing concussion protocol. Uh, Robert Spillane gets injured. So this Steelers defense that's number one in the league in points per game allowed is a far cry from where it was earlier in the season. Meanwhile, you look at Buffalo, a bit of a short week. Josh Allen playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, and this is a Bills team that struggles to stop the run. Well, the Steelers don't run it all that well, so it should be a favorable matchup for Buffalo. You have even seen professionals laying the money line with Buffalo and minus two. I'm a little bit surprised, though, to see this total getting bet down. I want to check the weather forecast as we get closer in. If Big Ben is anywhere close to 75 80%, he should have some success throwing, and I think Buffalo will do their fair share of damage going over the top of that Steelers secondary. Let's stay in the AFC East, and Miami's playing some serious defense, and they've got Kansas City coming in. Kansas City a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in Miami. What do you think about that matchup? Chiefs aren't making anybody money lately, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, inflated mm -hmm. price tags, you look at where they close as a 12, 12-and-a-half-point favorite against Denver, never outside that number. Uh, the last couple of games, winning by two, winning by three, winning by four. Uh, Kansas City right now struggling as far as red zone execution. I think they're over their last seven trips. Uh, inside the 20 and you have to score touchdowns when you're laying these kind of numbers now Tyreek Hill missed practice today saying an illness not COVID related something you're going to want to keep tabs on if you want to try and make a case for backing the Chiefs and I think the market is finally bottomed out on Kansas City I look at Miami they don't run the ball all that effectively and Tua throwing into the teeth of that Chiefs secondary really scares me I know a lot of people are going to gravitate towards the home underdog but for me it's Kansas City or pass once I find out that Tyreek Hill gets a clean bill of health Todd Furman, our guy in Vegas, uh, AFC South, uh, Titans fans interested in this Indianapolis matchup in Las Vegas. And they won't be happy the way this game is getting bet so far. You've seen very real money from professionals coming in on the Colts, driving this number out to three at some shops. Still a lot of two and a half in the market. When you look at Indianapolis, the big question is how Phillip Rivers is going to perform week to week. We know he's dealing with an extremely injured foot. The folks that I've talked to said it's a lot more serious than the Colts have led on. But Phillip Rivers, every stop along the way, whether it was his college days or as a member of the Chargers, he's a fighter. He's going to go out there and play through it. Uh, Indianapolis receiving cores, getting a little bit healthier. We've seen the emergence of Michael Pittman. Uh, we know what um, you can get as far as T.Y. Hilton is concerned as well, even if he looks like a shell of his former self. On the other side, Raiders pretty fortunate, obviously, to get through the Jets with that cover zero that Greg Williams employed. Uh, no strong opinion for me. My lean would be towards the Colts here, but at a full field goal, uh, I'd be inclined to look at the Raiders. I just worry that they're going to be able to get pressure. The other injury to keep tabs on, Anthony Costanzo missed last week with an MCL sprain. The Colts yeah. lose LaRaven Clark for the season. If Costanzo can't go and they're down in your third string left tackle, that's a big deal. If he's out there, I think the Colts win this game.
Let's go uh, Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore on the short week. Uh, Cleveland, uh, I, I guess, is for real, Todd. You know, they're playing well. And to the Browns' credit, there were a lot of questions coming into their game against the Titans. They went out and answered the bell, especially on the offensive side. I think a lot of that, though, too, has to deal with Tennessee's inability to get pressure. So it allowed Baker Mayfield to sit there working off of play action in a comfortable pocket from start to finish corners on islands. And ultimately you saw the results early on in the game when he throws four touchdown passes, this is a little bit of a different matchup. Baltimore has had Cleveland's number, at least uh, through five games, Baker Mayfield's completion percentage under 60 in his career, just eight touchdowns to seven picks. I almost feel like this is the perfect opportunity to buy low on Baltimore. They're going to bring pressure. I do worry about the interior of that defensive line as they've given up some chunks of yards. Nick Chubb truly elite in his ability to run the football. Um, but I think Baltimore kitchen sink type game. They know what's at stake here on the outside looking in. Uh, I think they go on the road to get a big win in the division. Titans took care of the Jags in week two. Obviously a very different looking Jacksonville team this uh, week. And the Titans opened up seven and a half point favorites on the road. Where are we now? I have to give a ton of credit to the Jags. There's no doubt that this team doesn't have a heck of a lot of NFL talent. Yet week in, week out. They're fighting from the start of the game until the bitter end. And last week against Minnesota, they really had two good drives. One coming early in the game when they built a 6-0 lead. And late when they marched the length of the field, converted the two-pointer ultimately to force overtime. I still don't know what's going on there because I think Gardner Minshew gives them a better chance to win games than Mike Glennon. Maybe it's all part of a, a master plan, so to speak. But you look at the Titans, and until I see more from this team defensively, it's hard to lay more than a touchdown. Uh, especially on the road in the division. I don't think the Titans will lose back-to-back -back games, but would it shock anybody if Tennessee had a 10-point lead late and Jacksonville comes marching through the back door? Uh, no fly territory for me. Want to see how this total ends up moving. If it got down below 52, uh, I'd be inclined to dabble over. I think James Robinson has a big day, but Derrick Henry has a true bounce-back performance. I might actually look for a prop bet on him as well. Expect his rushing totals to open in the mid to high 90s. Uh, I expect him to break the century mark. Ooh, Interesting okay. stuff. So looking at the Titans uh, down the stretch, what, what do you think when, when you look at uh, probably another uh, advantageous opportunity for Derrick Henry against Detroit, uh, who's fired their coach, although they did beat the Bears last week. Then you've got the game in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers against that tight, tight secondary. I don't like that matchup at all from a Titan perspective. And, and then Houston, and who knows if Deshaun Watson's even playing in that game. I don't know. Well and I think that Houston game is fascinating because if you're the Houston Texans, you're not going to have much to play for other than to right. throw a wrench into the divisional race. And Romeo Cornell, who knows, it could be the last game he ever has as a head coach. Deshaun Watson has gone out there and shown that doesn't matter what his weapons look like, he's going to get the most out of them. But this Houston Texans passing attack loses a lot of bite without Will Fuller. We know what Deshaun Watson's numbers look like with him out there from an efficiency standpoint versus what they trend towards without him. Kiki QT filled in nicely, but not the same kind of deep threat by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think worst case scenario, we're talking about the Titans finishing out the stretch three and one. The bigger question, when you look at what the Colts have in front of them, do you think this is a team that can run the table? And, and in my opinion, if they get through the Raiders this weekend, the upcoming dates for them to close out the season home against the Texans. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's a bounce back spot for Houston, but I think Indianapolis will hold serve at home. It comes down to that week 16 matchup, Indianapolis at the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Colts win that, I think they go on to win the division. It's a team I picked before the season. Would I back them now at the current price? No, uh, but I would not be shocked at all if Indianapolis finds a way to run the table and, and ultimately end up atop the AFC South if the Titans go 3-1. and one. Love the Colts, man.
You know what? <laughs> I'll say one thing uh, about them. I was a little bit disappointed uh, in the Colts' effort against the Titans, uh, but they were clearly undermanned when they were blown out 45-26. Uh, but this is a team, I think, that deals with adversity. You have a veteran quarterback, uh, and there's nothing from the beginning of the season that's really changed in their DNA. The Titans have probably exceeded my expectations, no doubt about it. Uh, but I picked the Colts before the year, and I'm still going to stand by them until they're mathematically eliminated from that post. I, I will point out the Titans were pretty much undermanned, too, with the third-string left tackle also. But uh, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Here we go. Here <laughs> we go, trying to make sure that the Titans get their due diligence. Were the Titans undermanned last week? Were they Should should they have been allowed to play with 13 guys defensively to slow down the Browns, Brent? <laughs> I mean, I really think they could have put 15 guys out there. It still wouldn't have worked. Auburn and Mississippi State in the SEC. Auburn by seven and a half last time I looked. Don, cover your ears. You're not going to like what I have to say oh, here. Um, no, this is a game where I think Auburn has already emptied the tank. You look at what they gave the last two weeks in the Iron Bowl. They were just outclassed. Uh, that wasn't a reflection of their energy or effort by any stretch. But last weekend, uh, a lot of Auburn folks really believed that was the spot that they could get a season-defining win against Texas A&M. And they were in that contest for pretty much start to finish, ultimately coming up on the short end of the stick as five-and-a-half-point underdogs. What do they have in the tank for this game at Mississippi State and Starkville? You're going to get a Bulldogs team that's well-rested after a narrow loss in the Egg Bowl. Uh, you look at the true freshman quarterback there that appears to be at least something for Mike Leach and company to build on. And as depleted as Mississippi State is, the guys that remain on this roster that Leach hasn't kicked off the team or have opted out really appear to be the core he's going to lean on going forward. This is a program looking to try and build. I think Auburn, like we talk about at the end of every season, is Gus on the hot seat? Is he not on the hot seat? What's the starting quarterback situation? This is a game that I think Mississippi State plays, arguably one of their most complete performances of the season, and would not be shocked whatsoever if the cowbell reigns supreme Saturday in Starkville. Vanderbilt. That's ridiculous. Uh, by the way, the buyout is so big that Gus ain't on the hot seat. Go ahead. God, it's basketball <laughs> season for Auburn. You guys should have there one postseason run this year, right? Uh, that's right. <laughs> we thought the buyout was too big for Muschamp, too. Um, uh, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. <laughs> this uh, is bigger. <laughs> yeah. Vander, Vanderbilt uh, released its depth chart with 45 scholarship players. Uh, Tennessee favored by 15. You're staying away from this one? Yeah. I mean, I want no part of length 15 and a half with the Vols. I, I want no part of trying to make a case. Uh, for Vanderbilt here as a home underdog. What is interesting about this game, the total sits at 50. It's down a shade from 51 and a half. Yeah. Uh, anyone who watched Tennessee play host to Florida last week, and they showed fight early on, but were clearly outclassed. Uh, how they were able to put together two 95-yard drives when it mattered most in the final five minutes. A hat tip to everybody in East Tennessee that no doubt decided that they wanted to try and bet the home team. I think it was about 85-15 split in terms of how those tickets broke down uh, with the favorite. Uh, but this is a game where just two teams are playing out the string uh, not, haven't spent a whole lot of time handicapping won't and won't claim to have a compelling betting angle where, where do you have the over under in that one around 45 uh, you know what uh, it's so tough to try and figure out with what you're going to get from these teams Vanderbilt yeah. I thought they could be an over team down the stretch because I like the way that they were progressing with Ken Seals and then you get shut up by Missouri and it's kind of thrown a wrench into everything I've expected from the Commodores offense gotcha. would it surprise me if this game was you know, 27, 17, thereabouts, not at all. Would it surprise me if it turned into a higher scoring affair? So tough to try and predict. I think you'll get a pretty good idea of what we're going to get from these teams after a series or two. Is there a college football game or two that we didn't hit on that you like? I think it's a good buy low spot in the Big Ten West for Wisconsin. Uh, they've been pretty unfortunate. Uh, mustered a grand total of 13 points over the last two losses uh, in Evanston against Northwestern, followed up last week against Indiana. But lost in those games was the fact that Wisconsin racked up more than 750 yards of offense 
and they average 54 yards per point. Why is that statistic impressive? Because the average in college football is right around 14 and a half. So it says they've been a little bit unlucky. Execution hasn't been there. But look at Iowa's schedule. They haven't really beaten anybody. If you can take away the run, I don't think a young quarterback can beat this Badgers defense. Heartland Trophy on the line. Look for Wisconsin and their two-game winning losing streak and get a big W. What about the NFL? Did we miss one there? Uh, this is an interesting weekend. Uh, when we look at you know some of the marquee matchups, I think we hit on a, a lot of those. I'd say if you're looking for a live underdog and you have an iron stomach, maybe the Detroit Lions, if they're able to get Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift back. Green Bay, uh, this is a team I think that can win, but defensively I have major reservations about them laying more than a touchdown on the road. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's an NFL weekend that I don't see a ton uh, of intriguing betting value. I think tomorrow night's game should be fascinating to watch. Uh, when you look at the way New England is playing defensively, the Rams sure would love to exact a measure of revenge for the Super Bowl that got away. But Brian Flores and Bill Belichick have had a game plan to slow down Jared Goff. Let's see if that changes here. But the Patriots can't afford to turn this into a track meet. They just don't have the firepower to win a game where they might need to score more than 20 points. The uh, iron stomach underdog pick. I think we just uh, found a feature for one of there, those. There's got to be some malt liquor in the state of Tennessee that yeah. I don't know about here that wants to try and support, you know, the iron stomach underdog, you know, maybe like an MD 2020 or OE high gravity. There's gotta be a sponsorship opportunity because nothing goes hand in hand more than degenerate gambling and malt liquor. Yeah. You and uh, easy E got rest his soul uh, with a little oldie. Um, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the uh, time, Todd. Always enjoy it, man. And uh, have a great weekend. Always a pleasure guys. Enjoy the games this weekend. There you go. Todd Furman, uh, Bet the Board podcast. You need to check that out. Uh, also, Fox Bet Live on FS1 weekdays at 3.30. So a couple of the things that he's involved in. And uh, get him on Twitter, at Todd Furman. If we missed the game, you want to ask him about, certainly do that. Brian Maurer, backup quarterback at Tennessee, threw out a tweet and then deleted it. But Don has the screenshot. Uh, we'll read it for you. It's interesting. Tennessee fan will be upset when they hear it. That's next. 3HL 104.5 Design. Do I have everybody?